Hey, my name is Alyssa Wolf, and as a chronic pain specialist, I am on a mission to empower you to tackle your chronic pain naturally by uncovering hidden truths about pain and exposing the deeper cause. I aim to help you transform your relationship with pain because you've been in this relationship for long enough and you deserve better. You just need a little help to get out of it. And that is what the Chronic Pain Breakup Podcast is all about. I'll be busting pain management myths, teaching you some of the mind-blowing neuroscience of pain, and help you overcome some of the roadblocks that are keeping you from seeing real, long-term improvements in pain. Stick with me, and in no time, you'll learn the keys to breaking up with stubborn pain so you can get back to doing what makes you, you, and living your fearless and fulfilling life. So if you have chronic pain and are looking for no-fluff, natural, science-backed pain relief solutions, pull up a seat and get cozy because you are in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Today, I have a very special treat for you all. And uh, I'm super excited to do this interview, this conversation. Today, I have my friend and my colleague, Allison Hughes, with me. And we're going to be talking about yoga, among other things. So stay tuned and listen in for this really interesting, really inspiring story in this conversation with my good friend, Allison, who's actually in the UK. So, you know, we're just, we're international friends. Hey, um, all the way from Scotland. From Scotland. So Allison is the founder of Qigong Yoga Flow. She teaches yoga classes both online and live. And so, and she really specializes in supporting people who have chronic pain and fibromyalgia. Um, and she has also a really great YouTube channel that you should totally check out with lots of yoga flow videos and tutorials and things like that. So we will leave a link to her YouTube channel in the description for you to check out. But Allison, I just want to, you know, give you a chance to tell us a little bit more about you and like what your journey has involved. And so I know that you didn't just start teaching yoga classes out of nowhere. You kind of had to experience chronic pain in order to get to this point. So what was your experience with chronic pain and how did it start and what was your journey like? Yeah, so 22 years ago, so a long time ago, I had horrendous bladder pain and I was all around the houses with the conventional medicine And eventually I was diagnosed with a condition called interstitial cystitis. And the consultant said to me the worst possible thing. He said, there is no cure. You will have this for the rest of your life. And we can try a few things, conventional medicines, um but he didn't even give me any confidence that they were they would work which of course as we know they were never going to work if he didn't give me the confidence that they would work anyway so for the first maybe five years I went along with the medications the bladder installations all the rest of it and I Basically, I was severely depressed because, you know, I was 30 years old. I felt like my life was over. I felt like I cannot live like this. I was in a really bad state, crying a lot. And I think the stress of all of this was what on what brought on the fibromyalgia symptoms. Mm-hmm. So um, when it got to the stage where the one consultant said to me, I think we should remove your bladder. I went home. Yeah, exactly. 
I went home and luckily, very luckily, I read all about it because honestly, if it would take the pain away to remove the bladder, I would have done it. Um, but I, thank God, read all about it and read that you can remove the bladder and now I understand from learning through Elisa all about the nervous system, you very are highly likely to still have the bladder pain, even though the bladder's not there. So thank God I worked that out and I decided I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to any more consultants. I'm not doing any more conventional medicine. And luckily I found my way into a yoga class. I had no idea what yoga was at all. Um, but I was very lucky because it was a gentle class. Now, I know that yoga can be so many different styles of yoga and it can be very um, strenuous. It can be very fast. It can be um, very advanced. And these types of classes can sometimes put people off because it's the wrong class for that individual person. Mm -hmm. So I was just lucky that I went to the right class for me, knowing nothing about yoga. And it made me feel, um, it just helped me to relax. It made me feel nurtured and it made me feel warm inside and it gave me hope. Mm -hmm. And I ask you a, a quick question about- yeah your journey before you kind of got into yoga um you know what would you say was probably one of the biggest things that was holding you back from getting the care that you needed like what was missing and because like it seemed like the doctors and the the medical system weren't wasn't able to provide what you needed you maybe you didn't know yeah. what you needed but what do you think was holding you back from getting or what did you need what do you think you needed and what was holding yeah, you back? Yeah, I think an understanding of why my body was hurting so much because I had no idea, you know, why was, why was my bladder hurting so much? And actually, in the beginning, I, I did have some um, urinary tract infection in the very, very beginning. But I had antibiotic after antibiotic after antibiotic and there was no infection anymore, but I still had the pain. And the first time the doctor, the consultant looked in with the camera, he did say that my bladder was red and inflamed. Instead of being a pale pink, it was a bright red and it was um, angry looking. So I understood from that that yes, if my bladder was angry looking, then it would hurt. So I understood from that. But a few years later, after lots of conventional treatments, and uh, the consultant had another look in to the bladder, another um, very, um, well, under general an anesthetic that made me sick and all the rest of it anyway, this time he looked in and he said, well, your bladder is the color it should be. It's, 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 you know, it's the pale pink color. There's nothing, there's no like ulcers. There's nothing that looks nasty in there to see. Um, so there was not a physical reason why I should be hurting. And yet the pain was worse than it had ever been. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I needed someone then to explain to me, number one, why that, why that was, why was I hurting so much? And number two, what could I do about it? Mm-hmm. And oh my God, if I had a doctor back then that could have told me that, it would have saved me years and years of severe, severe depression and a really low quality of life that affected my whole family because mm-hmm. of the, um, you know, I was just sad. I was just crying. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted and I was trying to work as well. I was trying to push myself through going to work. I, I worked in retail management and uh, fashion. So I was standing all day and on my feet all day with this horrendous it was like being in hell I'm not gonna lie it was just so much torture and um then I would go home at night and just cry 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 I couldn't sleep the pain was so bad and uh get up in the morning and do it all again that was Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought up that um not knowing why it hurts so bad because yeah I think this is a common struggle with folks. And even if you have something to point to or a diagnosis to kind of hang off of and say, well, it's maybe you have arthritis or maybe you have this degenerative problem or whatever, it still becomes hard because the doctors will say like this thing, this diagnosis doesn't explain all of your pain. It can maybe explain part of it, but maybe it doesn't explain the entire picture. And so having something to say like this is why I'm in pain and it's not all in my head because it it like the only other answer must be well it must be my mental state it must be exactly thing that's all in my head and that's where that's where it what it implies when you don't have that answer which is so frustrating and that adds to the depression and the anxiety exactly and then I mean I literally closed myself off from social life from friends because anytime anything was planned I was too anxious that I was going to be in too much pain and I couldn't go and so I just stopped arranging all these things and um, I just felt like how could my friends possibly understand because I look fine you know I look absolutely fine how could they understand what's happening inside of me so I just shut myself off from yeah, yeah exactly you can't life. like even if they ask how you're doing that you can't explain it because there's nothing to say like there's anything wrong and they wouldn't and not only that bladder symptoms are uncomfortable and embarrassing and it's not something that yeah. people want to talk and, about going to the bathroom stuff <laughs> I even used to I, I even used to say to my family please stop asking me how I am because I didn't even want them to ask me how I am because the answer was so bad. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I hated if there was an occasion that I absolutely had to go to, like a wedding, for example. I had to be there and I would be so stressed because I wouldn't, I couldn't exactly go halfway through a service to the toilet, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. Just yeah. Normal stuff. It's so hard. It's so hard to like figure out. Well, and then, so the medical system wasn't really giving you answers or giving you any explanations or treatments that were within what you were willing to try. Thank God you didn't do the bladder surgery. Honestly, that sounds like a nightmare. Um, And I could talk more about why you don't want to remove the body part because it won't 
fix the pain. Um, exactly. And I'm so glad I worked that out because that was one thing that I did manage to work out. No, thank God. Um, and so you, you end up having to sort of take matters into your own hands and start exploring different options. And so you happen to do a yoga class and that was sort of your like gateway into this whole yoga journey. So yeah. tell us a little bit more about, you know, maybe what were your thoughts actually before you started doing a yoga? Did you have any thoughts about yoga before you started getting into it? Like I knew absolutely nothing about yoga, nothing. So I, what I did was I joined a health club and I think I tried most of the classes in the health club and most of them I mean I did enjoy the step class but if you can imagine having severe bladder pain and you're doing a step class it's not really good so um the 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 one that I, I really just felt so peaceful in was the yoga class and there was a yoga class three times a week and I had a lovely lovely teacher and um so I just I started to go to her class three times a week and I'd been literally going there for a few weeks and I have no idea to this day what made me say to the teacher, do you think I could train to be a yoga teacher? And to my surprise, she said, yes, absolutely. And, you know, that's why I'm here. But I was the quietest, shyest little mouse. So <laughs> it's funny. I guess things happen that are supposed to happen sometimes. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. Yeah you know, you didn't even plan it. You didn't have it, that thought in your mind ahead of time. It just like popped in there for a reason. And you asked exactly. the question and, yeah. and that flash forward. Now you're teaching yoga classes and helping other people with chronic pain. And um, so tell us a little bit more actually then about what you do now and how you help people and what, what's your mission, what's your purpose and what do you do? Sure. Sure. So um, I, I started to teach classes in 2008 and then I continued my journey and also trained to be a holistic therapist as well and then I continued my journey and trained to be a qigong teacher which is uh, basically like the Chinese version of yoga and it's very gentle and soft and flowing and a lot of um, moving with the breath and just really gentle movement so I then put all of that together into my own little healing practice mm -hmm. and I then decided you know what I mean all, all along I was teaching uh, local classes and I moved to a beautiful little village in Ayrshire in Scotland and I started to teach in the community hall there so before lockdown all my classes were local and um, just really nice lo lovely little community mostly retired ladies we have a few men and a few younger people as well and um it just is a really lovely sort of family feel to the classes and I absolutely love it anyway then lockdown happened and of course I had to stop immediately I taught one class on Monday morning and by that afternoon I was told Oh, you're not allowed to come back mm -hmm. and we all thought well that would be for a few weeks and someone said to me well you could teach online and I thought well that's well out my comfort zone I don't really want to do that yeah. in here yeah. 
a couple of days later, I thought, well, why not? So I set myself up in Zoom and started to teach online. And then um, a little bit into teaching online, I really, I really started to feel more and more passionately that I really want to help other people with similar conditions to me and who are just not getting the help through conventional medicine. And, you know, I know how much these practices help me and I want other people to know, you know, I joined a few support groups on Facebook and they made me so sad. I joined interstitial cystitis and fibromyalgia support groups and they made me so sad because the comments on there are me 20 years ago. Nothing's changed in conventional medicine, you know, nothing's changed I can't believe it so you know I just want these people to know there is another option so I then thought okay if I'm going to specialize in teaching people with chronic pain I want to be a bit more qualified in this so I did a course called pain care aware and this is all about um relating the learning a little bit about the neuroscience and relating that to the yoga practice and it was a fabulous course. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I learned so, so much. And that gave me the enough knowledge to help me because I, as well as help others, it helped me to understand, okay, I'm starting to get it. This is why I, I now have all these different parts of me that hurt, like the, the shoulders, one day the shoulders and then another day the hip and another day, you know, it, it's like pain that spreads all around the body. And so now I get it. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, that was a really good start. And then I, on Instagram, found Elisa here. And attended, uh, I think it was a, a free workshop that you were doing. And I just, I thought, you know, this lady didn't give up on us. This lady, you know, was trained in conventional physiotherapy, finding for people with chronic pain, it didn't work. She didn't give up on us. And that meant a lot to me. So I decided to do the 16 week course and I just have found it so amazing that it has given me a much a much more much more understanding of the brain of you know words like smudging and neuro tags that I've never heard of before <laughs> and this this now makes such sense because this I can relate to my practice and this because I understand now when I'm doing my practice okay this is what's happening to the brain this is the connection and that makes it more powerful and especially I I have uh, a few different styles of practice that I do but gentle somatic yoga is very much about the retraining the the brain to muscle connection and now I have this understanding, it's like, yes, 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 yes. This is all coming together now. And I get it. I just, you know, so. And then I think I was a couple of weeks into the 16-week course. And um, oh, I have to go back. Was it week one where I did the goals? 
I wrote that my goals one or yeah 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 so I wrote down my goals and my goal was I want to I want to spread uh how to help with conditions like fibromyalgia worldwide that was in my goals Mm. and then maybe the next week I had just on the off chance said to Elisa how do you fancy (laughs) collaborating together and now we're doing this I know we 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 will talk more about what we're doing and what how we're collaborating um but you meant you mentioned so many good things that have kind of like led you along this journey and it's it all actually kind of aligns back to looking for that answer for why do you hurt so much and getting these little pieces that the healthcare system wasn't able to provide you with and um, you know, the yoga classes that you took or the, the training that you did about pain care was helpful for you kind of filling in some of those gaps. And then my program filled in some of those gaps even further, which is more detailed information and the sciencey stuff and, um, connected, you know, even like justified it from in a scientific way, like the stuff, the practice that you were already doing and just giving it more like, Oh, this is, this is like some solid, stuff like this is some solid science that I can put on and say like that's why we're doing this so that's really cool and also just gives you that extra bit of information that you can then now teach to your clients and other people who have chronic pain and help them understand like why is this important but also like why do you hurt so much and also it's not in your head Um, which is so important for people to know in that healing journey like you said that was the thing that was missing for me in the very beginning Um, and so yeah, so many good pieces of information. I think it's so interesting that it all started for you with this like thing that popped in your head. Like maybe I should ask about teaching yoga. And now here we are setting a goal of, I want to help people with chronic pain around the world. And thank you COVID for making this happen, right? Because yeah. like it never would have gone from local to international and here we are having this international conversation about helping people with chronic pain. So really cool how that happens. And I do believe everything happens for a reason. Yeah, um, me too. Wherever you are spiritually, if you're listening and you're like, don't believe in God or you believe in the universe or just like chi or energy, like all I just, whatever it is, I think everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And so I, super believe, I strongly believe that my body has been giving me these challenges for a very very good reason that I I truly believe that yeah yeah and it's I I I like understanding it from that perspective that gives me I don't know like it to me it's comforting to think that in in a weird way I know it sounds weird but like when people have chronic pain for a purpose to learn something through their own struggle, through their own experience, to be able to help and empower other people. It gives meaning behind the suffering, which I don't know if it can make you feel mad. I think if, you know, if there's a creator or there's a God, or there's some kind of thing that says like you had to suffer in order to help people. Um, but if that, I don't know, like there's some comfort in knowing that that there's but I would not be here. I would not be here if this didn't happen. You know, I would not be here. I would still be working in retail management and I would probably be really quite bored with life. So, you know, and I love, love, love what I do. Um, so I'm grateful. 
Yeah, yeah. And so it's giving you <laughs> in more in a, a, an enrichment in your purpose instead of yeah. selling clothes and <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which isn't there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you do, right? But um, yeah. it's, it's kind of deepened your purpose a little bit, which is really neat. So. But the thing is, you know, when I'm working with people, I feel I totally understand it. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't feel that if I hadn't been there. So Yeah. 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 That's fair. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and, um, to, to people listening, I'm sure a lot of people listening or watching have tried yoga or have thought about trying yoga or may have some kind of preconceived ideas of what yoga is. And so I want to talk about what are these misconceptions about yoga? What are the myths? Um, and what are the truths about yoga? Because I don't know, I think I can think of just like off the top of my head, a few barriers that I might have to do in yoga or starting a yoga practice. So what are the misconceptions and what, what can you say about those? Yeah, I mean, so many times I might meet people and I might say, you know, come along to my yoga class. And the most common answer is, I am not flexible enough. And honestly, I promise you, I promise you, you do not need to be flexible to do yoga. You, when if you're practicing yoga in the way that it should be practiced, you are practicing yoga for you, not for the teacher, not for the other people in the class, not for anybody else, but for you. And so your practice could look like, I mean, as long as it's safe, it could look really like anything. It's not about how it looks like or if you can touch your toes or if you can stand on your head it's absolutely nothing to do with that and the first the first practice is like breathing practice and I'm pretty sure everyone can breathe because we're here and we're breathing so you know if you can breathe you can do yoga and um there's just so, I, I mean, I honestly think that every single person in the world would benefit from doing yoga, whether it be, you know, just the most simple of movements with some breath work and a guided relaxation. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. yeah, I would love everybody to know this. <laughs> I agree. I think, you know, and, and from speaking as the more, I don't know, the scientist like, I don't know. I, I, I value research-based and evidence-based practice. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there's so, 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 so much research done yeah. that backs up the benefits of yoga and what you just said, yeah. it will benefit everybody. But I think what's yeah. really important, I think a lot of people have that barrier to starting the people specifically with chronic pain have this barrier yeah. to maybe starting a practice of yoga because a, I'm not flexible enough. B, I don't think I can sit on the floor. I can't get on and off the floor because of Uh, I'm weak or I'm deconditioned or um, I'm afraid I might fall. I'm afraid I might not be able to get off the floor. Um, Maybe they say I can't put weight on my hands, so I can't do yoga or I can't kneel. Um, So I think that's a really important thing to bring up for people who have chronic pain because it doesn't mean you can't do yoga if you can't do those things, right? 
I mean, every every single thing can be modified according to the individual needs. So that might be sitting on a chair or it might be standing with one hand leaning against the wall or the lying down part of the practice. If it's not possible to get down onto the floor, it can be done lying on top of a bed as long as you're not going to sink right into the bed. But, you know, most beds that are reasonably firm, you can do lying on the bed. Um, so every single thing can be adapted. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know these good teachings, the power of visualization. So I'm now going to tell you a little story, and I think this is a wonderful story. And this is an absolutely true story. So I was in my teacher training course, and one of my teachers who teaches people to be teachers, and she was an amazing woman, she had such severe back pain before I knew her. She was in a wheelchair. She had She'd had a few operations before she came to yoga. She'd had a few operations in her back. She had, uh, as I say, severe back pain. She, she, she really couldn't walk, hardly anything. And she was in a wheelchair. So she began her yoga practice. And it was Drew, Drew Yoga was my first teacher training. And she visualized. We we practice what's called energy block release sequences. So she took herself through all these sequences in her mind. She couldn't do much movement, but she could do the breath work and she could do any movement she could do from her wheelchair. But most of it she did in her mind. And she did it religiously every single day. She was very committed and oh my goodness you should see this lady I mean it's absolutely incredible and for me that was so that was on my teacher training course that was 2005 and I you know I always took that into my classes and you know for for my own self because I've been to more advanced classes where the physical movements are absolutely not right for me but I know that I can do the visualization and I know the power because that's a true story. So yes. um, that in itself means everybody can do yoga. Yeah. Um, and so let's, I might put you on the spot here, but you know, in, in the chronic pain breakup method program, you've learned a little bit about why or how that works from a science, neuroscience standpoint. So yeah, can you explain a little bit about why that works? Oh my goodness, <laughs> I really think I need to hand over to you for this part here. <laughs> um, I mean, I can I can say you know it, when we practice mo- um, imagery, when you practice the visualization, what is happening is your brain is practicing the movement in the same way as it would in real life. So if you do the movement or you visualize the movement, your brain is practicing the same exercise. So think about it this way. You know, when you, 
develop synapses or you develop what we what we commonly call muscle memory really what is happening is the body is developing or the nervous system is developing those connections and those synapses and they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger and so in a sense the brain is exercising doing that movement and those synapses are becoming stronger and at the same time for her or for anybody who has chronic pain they're practicing those those movements without the pain at the same time. So there's this now this disconnection between the neurotag, right? We know that term now. <laughs> there's a yeah. disconnect now between the neurotag for that movement and the neurotag for pain or the neural signature for pain and movement. And so the brain is now disconnecting these two automatic pathways that were connected and they're now disconnecting um, and that will weaken those pathways and make them less automatic so that now you're able to perform the movement better with less pain um, and so that practice of doing that visualization I don't know where she heard about it or how she learned about it um, but it is completely evidence-based and it's very you know it's reprogramming your brain and yeah in a very real sense which can make you physically stronger. I mean, athlete, professional athletes do that practice, um, makes you, makes you physically stronger. This has been studied and tested. Your strength will be better. Your flexibility will be better. Your coordination will be better by just doing a simple visualization practice. And so yes, there's absolutely no reason not to be doing it. Um, even if you can move, right? Like even if you can do the yoga and you can sit on the floor and you can stretch and you can move your body just fine, you can still make that practice even better and yeah. enhance it by adding a visual or a mental component. Yeah. So I love that. Exactly. And for the people that say to me, I'm not flexible enough to come to yoga class. Well, you will absolutely become more flexible and it's even more reason why you should come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and to that being said, this is actually an interesting part about my story that I don't share very often, but when the pandemic started, I was still working, um, in, in a physical therapy setting and I helped our clinic shift into doing a telehealth practice. And so I became the, uh, director of telehealth for our practice, for our clinic before I started this business. And, um, I was working with a woman in her eighties and we were doing modified yoga. She couldn't get on the floor yet. She was still struggling with her balance and couldn't get on and off the floor yet. We did an hour of some modified yoga routine with using a chair and it wasn't all sitting. We would stand, we'd put, she'd yeah. use her, she'd hold onto the chair. She would lean over the chair. So we did like, you know, like the down dog on the chair, like holding on. Yeah, to the chair. that's amazing. So, I love that. Yeah, I think it just comes down to, you have to have a good instructor who understands where you're at and what your limits are and how to modify and provide lots of creative alternatives and modifications and substitutions. Exactly. And it's totally doable. And so I, I love that. Um, I think that's, that's really great. And I think what's even better, you know, for, for anyone who's got chronic pain is to actually work with, uh, an instructor who, a has a clue about chronic pain and yeah. what you might be dealing with. And, and now also specializes in working with people with chronic pain. You're going to be 
better off going to an instructor who has a clue what that is than yeah. going to a class at the the local gym. And, you know, who knows what they're going to be teaching in those classes yeah, absolutely. or how, how to modify absolutely. it. I think that's the range though. Like it, and it goes for anything, like whether you're working with a physical therapist or a physician or um, a yoga instructor, like every provider or therapist has a different skill yeah. level and understanding and depth of yeah. chronic pain. So there are good ones yeah. and there are not so good ones. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, what I would say with yoga is it's essential to find the right class for you the right teacher for you I mean that that is absolutely essential because for a safety point of view for people with chronic pain absolutely because um you really need to listen to your own body Mm -hmm. because we don't want to push past that pain yeah I agree back to the that's my motto, right? Push to it, Is not it push through to it. it, not through it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Push to it, not through it. Always, always, always. If you have chronic yeah. pain. Um, and yeah, and I think too, like if you, because the goal is ultimately to find something that you'll want to do consistently. So it, yeah. it, it's not only needs to be safe for you, but also and it has to drive with you. Like I've gone to a yoga class once it was like, a when I was part of a climbing gym, like a rock climbing gym, they did a, a yoga class once a week and I thought I would check it out. But the instructor, almost the entire time we were doing these like chanting and like grunting and like really like a lot of vocalizations. And that was just not for me. For some people, yeah. it's great. But I yeah. was just like, I cannot do this. I came here to like get the sweat and the stretch and the toning and whatnot. And yeah. um we sat it on the just floor like the, right the whole time. You. Not my class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why that's why it's important for people to know that yoga is not just yoga. You know, it's not just yoga. I mean, there are so, so, so many styles of yoga. Same yeah. with Qigong. So many styles of Qigong as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so please, you know, don't just try one and think this is not for me. Yeah, I agree. If that was my first exposure to yoga... I would have been like, never go back. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If that exactly. had happened to me, I would have never gone back and then I wouldn't be here today. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, so it really, it has to be, keep trying, keep finding the different things that you like, know what you're kind of looking for. If you know, you don't want to chant and do yeah. that kind of thing, like in, you know, know what you're looking for and, and try to find uh, an instructor who has that ability and work with Allison <laughs> yeah and by the way I do like chanting but I keep it in the shower <laughs> there you go there you go it's definitely not for everybody um yes and there are benefits to that I understand that there yeah. are there are benefits to doing that it's just one of those things where maybe in the group setting maybe that was my problem like I'm like no nah, I'm not ready for this I'm not yeah. at this level so um, very cool. Well, I, for, for time's sake, I had so many other things that I wanted to like talk to you about. Um, yeah, we could talk all day. I think so. <laughs> but, um, I have a really quick, well, uh, hopefully it's a quick question and that will kind of segue into talking a little bit about how we're collaborating, but what would you say, looking back at your journey, what were like the biggest key elements that you had to learn in terms of your 
pain journey? Like what were the things that you had to learn looking back? And maybe there were things that you didn't think you needed to learn along the way. Look like, you know, from the beginning, you didn't identify what those key elements were, but now looking back, you can kind of say, okay, these were the things that I needed to really. Yeah. I mean, learn. my, um, my pain levels and my mental health started to improve when I started to change my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing, really. I stopped, um, um, what's the word? Relying on conventional medicine. Mm-hmm. And I started looking for ways to help myself. I started looking for um, nurturing holistic ways to help myself. And um, I did give up the the fashion retail job because it was it was not nurturing to me and um so yeah really big lifestyle changes mm-hmm. and listening to my intuition and then starting to do just a nice gentle movement practice each day a breathing practice getting myself out into nature every single day doing a lot of mind mindful practices not to just sit and meditate but to do um, meditation as in walking meditation um, even just um, mindful eating can be meditation so things that were nurturing to my nervous system to um, calming the mind from all the kind of very negative chitter chatter that was going on mm-hmm. and just really looking at the positive things that I could actually do to help myself mm-hmm. and have a nice you know a better quality of life so that that was really the start of seeing changes yeah I love that and I think the the biggest the broadest thing that you said that's probably the most important is that you started to implement you had to change your lifestyle and it it's like it's the equivalent to like it's not a diet it's a lifestyle change you had to make those changes and make do it yourself because it wasn't like the doctor was going to hand you a pill that you were going to take every day it was like you had to start doing something you're on your own and I think like the pieces of that puzzle were a little bit different. Well, they might be different for you, for you than from somebody else, Yeah. but yeah. no matter what, it comes down to implementing these things on your own. There are things that you can do to improve upon your situation. It doesn't mean that you're going to cure, cure your situation or yeah. make you go away, but you can improve the quality of your life by doing the right things. And sometimes people just need to experiment with different things and figuring exactly. out what those pieces are. Um, yeah. And it felt really, really empowering to do that, you know, and even um, food, you know, feeding myself the most nutritious food helped my mind as well, because I knew this is nourishing and nurturing and healing for my body. So anything that I could do to make myself feel good, I would, I would do it. And that included saying no to people and not feeling guilty for it. And that's 
that's something I really had to learn to to not feel guilty for saying no to people and mm -hmm. to actually think no I need to do what's good for myself if I'm going to heal yeah yeah establishing boundaries yeah and all like saying no when you know you can't do it and it's too much and yeah. it's just going to add to your plate and something that's not going to serve you yeah. and yeah. um so I love that. I think that is something that people are always going to struggle with, especially the people pleasers mm -hmm. who are out there. Um, yeah. It's going to be hard to, to set those boundaries and stick to them. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, anything that, anything like when you can do something, like even just change your diet or practice a simple breathing strategy or um, go on a walk and just like think about things that you are um, appreciative of, like, I, yes. like, this is something so simple, but just saying like, I'm on a walk and I'm on a sidewalk. I appreciate the fact that there's a sidewalk in my neighborhood because not everybody has that. And I love this sidewalk, <laughs> I mean, that sounds exactly. but it's that like, sort of like in the moment being present. And, and so it's those little things that can make you feel like you have more control over your situation versus yeah. saying like the external environment is has all the control and my pain has all of the control yeah, over yeah, what I yeah. do and what I can yeah. feel. Yeah. So I think that's a really important piece. And it also like that sense of control can also reduce that fight or flight response. And so, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is super. So important. actually that's what I was doing before I knew that's what I was doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you have like, yeah, you have like the, the sciencey stuff behind it. Yeah. Like, ah, this makes sense. Like why I'm doing this. And so very cool. Um, uh, and, and so back to like those, some of those key elements, um, that's kind of where we decided to start when we collaborated together and we decided we would do this mini course. I don't even know if it should be called a mini course because there's so much in it. It's a big course. It's a big, big course. Yeah. And so we're kind of going into like helping, I guess the idea, right. Was like to kind of help people build a foundation of those sort of self-care practices yeah. of what you kind of need to have on board before you can really do anything else. Like you don't have to do yoga, but, um, if you want to, do yoga, you kind of have to have these other elements in place first. Like if yeah. you want to change your diet, you also have, they have to have these other things in place first. These are like the essential pieces. Yeah. Um, and then the other pieces that you choose to do may fit for you. They may not fit for the other person, but these are the core elements that we wanted to, to teach in this course. And so, uh, I'll let you, what's the name of our course that we're teaching? When is it? And what are these four key elements? <laughs> yeah. So what are we called? Foundations of self-care for chronic pain. Yep. Uh, because, um, yeah, we wanted to give the, the foundations, like you just, like Alisa just said, and things that empower us to help ourselves mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly. what are these four elements uh, yeah. learning why do we hurt setting ourselves goals and uh, actions in line with these goals mm -hmm. and a safe practice 
and how to get a good quality sleep. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, these are the four. Yeah, so we we did we took those ideas that we thought were like the core key elements. Like this is not a class on modifying your diet. This is not a class on how to become a master yogi yoga yogi. Yogi. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is not a class, you know, on I don't know the right words, but like, it's, it's not, it's not going in depth in all of those different directions that you could take. Yeah. We're giving you like the foundational stuff, yeah. no matter what direction you decide to take. Um, so I'm going to be teaching a lot on like the neuroscience and giving you that deeper understanding of why you hurt and the science of some of this stuff. Um, uh, we're going to be talking about setting goals and sort of like you know, it, why it's important to set a goal, but also to, because the goal is going to dictate what you do, how, what steps you take and how do you get there? Um, for example, you know, if your goal is to be able to do the dishes and like, cause that's where you're at and that's where you're struggling with, but every day you're going to the gym that you're not in alignment with your goal of doing yeah. the dishes by pushing yourself so hard every day by trying to get to the gym five days a week. So we, we want to align your actions with your goals. Um, and then we want to teach you how to develop a safe movement practice. And that's kind of where I'm going to be teaching a little bit about pacing, but Allison's going to be doing a lot more practical demonstrations of different movements to start incorporating in a safe and effective way. And so yes. I'm super excited to go into that because that's the element of my program that I don't really incorporate as much. We don't I, I sort of give the framework of how to move, but then I don't really do a whole lot of practical demonstrations. So that's one reason I wanted to bring or, or to collaborate with Allison because she does so much more of that. Um, so I'm excited about that. And then sleep. Sleep is so essential to retraining the nervous system and like to anyone. So if you don't have sleep on board, it's going to be hard to start feeling better. And so we have to start with those with sleep. Totally, and totally. so I'm going to talk a little bit about some sleep, um, hygiene strategies. You're going to talk about like relaxation, pra um, practical, yeah, we're going relaxation to do a lovely, lovely restorative practice. So excited Which about it. Make you feel amazing. Absolutely. Everyone's going to want to go to bed, uh, in the yeah. middle of the day after we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the timing isn't perfect for us in the U S but, uh, because it's going to be in the morning, but the good thing is that our classes are going to be recorded and yeah. um, so you can watch them later on. If you want to put it on right before you go to bed, that would be a great strategy to utilize. So um, do you want to tell everybody when the classes are? So we're starting this Friday, Yay. which is the 7th, Friday the 7th of October. And in the UK, it's two p uh, three p.m. in the UK, which is what nine a.m. with yep. nine a.m. in the US. Well, in Central Time, I'm in Central Time. So what yeah. was that? It would be ten a.m. Pacific, and no, ten a.m. Eastern, <laughs> and uh, seven a.m. Pacific. Yeah. So bright and early. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then, so um, you can sign up. It's three days. So it's the first day is Friday the 7th. 
And then it's the next two Fridays. So Friday the 14th and Friday the 21st, you get all three days when you sign up. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, we'll have replays, we'll have recordings, we'll have lots of extra bonuses for you all. We'll have a Facebook group to, for you to ask questions and communicate and connect with your peers. And so, yeah, that's, that's what we're collaborating on. We're super excited. And um, we'd love to invite you all to join. Uh, so I guess we'll just leave a link to sign up in the yeah. description. So um, be sure to sign up. And like we, like Allison said, the first day to sign up or the first day of the class is the Friday, this Friday, the 7th. So be sure to sign up by Thursday would be good <laughs> to get yeah, you we'll there. And um, we'd love to see you there. So. But don't worry if you can't come on the Friday, it's not a problem. Exactly, yes. Yes, because we will record our sessions, so you'll have access to all of the recordings. You can watch them. If you can't watch it on Friday, you can play back on Saturday, Sunday. You exactly. can even watch it every day I, of the week. <laughs> you can practice the, the movement class every day if you want to, and it will be really nurturing and just make you feel nice I promise. yeah yeah oh I just thought of a really good idea I'm going to talk to you after about what we oh. can do <laughs> um okay so I guess that it will wrap up that's this was a little bit longer than I expected but that's okay I think we talked about lots of really good stuff um yeah, do you have did. anything uh last that you want to say to anybody watching or listening just I am so passionate to share my practice with with you and I cannot wait and um yeah it's just going to be so nice and you know it will be nice gentle breathing and movement and guided relaxation and nourishing and nurturing and sending you lots of love. Yes, yeah, so exciting. Um, so, and the last thing I'll say too, because any of any people who have either been in my program or are interested in my program, this is like an excellent adjunctive thing. So like if you've done the program or you're thinking about doing the program, there's no reason not to sign up for this because Allison has a whole lot more that she's bringing to the table that I... Um, that I don't teach in my program. So to complement um, what you teach. Exactly. It's all going to be in perfect alignment with yeah. our, um, what I teach and what she teaches are going to be in really good alignment. And so we're yeah. very excited. It's going to be, be very beneficial. So, and you know, if you're thinking about doing my program and you're like, oh, I can't afford it. This may be a really good sort of like an entryway to get your feet yeah. wet. And if you like it, and if you like me or you like Allison and you want to continue on, we'll have a, a great opportunity for you to um, continue working. But it's a great way to just at least get started um, totally. rather than, you know, being able to go into the full program with a full commitment. So yeah. anyways, thank you, Allison, for joining me today. I think this thank is a really you. good conversation. I look forward to working with you and everybody who wants to come along, where can they reach you if they want to ask you a question or follow you or get connected and work with you? Yes, so I am Qigong Yoga Flow. That's Q-I-G-O-N-G -G is how you spell Qigong. 
qigong yoga flow and you can find me on instagram on facebook and i have a website qigongyogaflow.com and i have a youtube channel qigong yoga flow with allison awesome awesome so i will definitely leave all of those links that you mentioned in the description so anybody can find them and thanks again thank you very excited to have everybody at our in our upcoming class bye everybody bye thank you for listening to this episode of the chronic pain breakup podcast if you found this episode helpful make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes and if you want to take this relationship to the next level you can connect with me and other pain crusaders inside my private facebook group battling chronic pain with neuroscience where these episodes are actually recorded live and i'd love to hear from you share your questions and biggest struggles with your chronic pain recovery journey by reaching out to me on facebook or on instagram at pain crusader thanks again for listening and never stop learning